The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, we have WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, Bully Ray, and we have WWE Hall of Famer, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, and we break down SmackDown from this past Friday and the re-debut of Hit Row under this new regime of Triple H in charge of creative. Can't wait to see what Hit Row is going to do in the future. We talk about it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. And we have Road Dog as a guest talking about that awesome Amy Bio on DX. We do it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. And there's a lot to get into in the world of wrestling from this past week. But, Mark, Hit Row is back. It is back. And they got the rawest of rawest deals in all of this. I thought Karen Cross was the one that, you know, got assassinated the, the worst. But you know what? At the, in the grander scheme of things, Hit Row was on fire. And there was nothing on NXT at that point. Um, that was superseding them as a group. And then they never did, got to defend. They never got to compete. They, they never put them in the matches with the, with the people that mattered. And then when they, they moved them up, why? Mark, <laughs> Mark, can you give me the Cliff Notes version of why Hit Row got the rawest of raw deals? The the number one thing is they 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 put all of this production into play for them to you know get over, and then they brought in Swerve Strickland to hit row, and they they made this big push. They're gonna do this, and for weeks they played. Oh, this is what's gonna happen, and they did nothing with them. But why Absolutely did Hit Row go not. away? What was the what was the reasoning? Why did they get? Um, at one point, the 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 girl uh, Bfab Bfab, they didn't think that she added anything. They gave them the t- you know let me let me preface this with they took them to Titan Tower and they told them the day before that that they killed them. That, hey, we got big plans. We're going to do this with y'all. We're going to do that with y'all. And then they softened them up and said, 
Yeah, but we're gonna let um, we're gonna let BFAB go. And they were like, AJ spoke up and said, "No, she's an intricate part of what we do. Like, you know, she's a she's a a charter member." And that was the end of them. And I don't think that speaking up is grounds for dismissal. If anything, is is grounds for starting a conversation about. Well, how about let's do this and let's do that? Like let's let's negotiate something. But that's well, not what well, happened. Th- nobody. If, if they're not going to negotiate with three young boys who just got pulled up out of NXT, that's probably the mentality right. of what was going on a couple of months ago when they got released. Yeah, but I'm sure that there's other people that have had that happen to them that they did get negotiation phases. They they didn't feel like that that group deserved that conversation and 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 for them to, to go back and fix it and make it right how else are they going to make it right i want to see what they're going to do with hit row are they going to put hit row in there with the viking raiders are they going to put it in, in there with angelo and dawkins are they going to put them in there with uh the new day they, they gotta they gotta put hit row in there with everybody and they're gonna have to be very, very competitive. Otherwise, they're just selling wolf tickets. And and to your point, Mark, I think like and and bully. We've talked a lot on this show about the transition from NXT to the main roster and how sometimes it works, but most of the time it failed. I think two of the biggest examples of failures recently was Karrion Cross and Scarlet and Hit Row. When you look at Hit Row, Hit Row was hot. They were the, probably the hottest package on NXT. And I and I'm and my timeline could be completely wrong. I think they were on the main roster two tops three weeks before they were off and they were released. And I think a lot of fans were like, "How could something so hot just be completely killed off in the span of two or three weeks on the main roster?" And now here they are back. And then Bfab, who was let go first, is the one that's probably front and center and probably got the most mic work that she's ever had since being on NXT, and then now you have Karrion Cross involved in a main event storyline, and he doesn't have the silly gimmick that he had on the main roster. I think biggest things, when we talk about Mark saying stop, you know, stopping the bleeding when it came to some of the main programming, seeing these major players that were on the black and gold brand now flourishing and being back on the main roster. AJ talked about it. He talked about it on, on, on the Saturday show. You go back and listen to the Saturday show podcast, um, and, and AJ talked about it. He spoke on the fact that um, they there was a lot of chattering in the locker room about them not being humble, them not being um, team players, or them not ab- agreeing to – uh, kind of the status quo of what the WWE locker room was like. And he said, Mark, have you ever known me to be unprofessional? Have you ever known me to be a bully? No. Triple H, same thing. No. When people feel like their spots are threatened, they start putting out negative propaganda if they can't fix it. And the other thing is there's no better politicker in the history of pro wrestling than the guy in the box next to us, Dave. Master politicker. 
but never to spite somebody. How to make you the talking about me? Better. Yes, there's never been nobody that I know that you can go into a match with and they say, "Hey, this is how you make this better." That's why I, let me let me finish. How to make the segment better? How to make it more productive? How to make all of the lines intersect? These guys today, they feel so threatened that they would rather not they don't give a shit about the lines intersecting. They don't care about the story being great. They just want to be the catalyst. When they politic, they politic for me, 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 me. The whole point is from the beginning, when I left and went to Canada and I came back and went to Louisville and was with Jim Cornette and Danny Davis and Rip Rogers, Mark, you work too much for you. Work for the match. Tell a better story. That's not what, that's not what AJ and them were getting. AJ said, man, I'm, I'm 30 plus years old. You're not going to talk to me like a kid. You're not going to treat me like kids. Sound familiar? Sound like me when I came in. Mm-hmm. Tell another black joke and see what happened. Part two of my killing spree going to start. And that's what happened. He spoke up for himself. He intimidated people. He scared people. He's a smart ass dude. He's a college graduate. And some See, this people is cannot where the take whole... a. Go ahead, Mark. Sorry. Some people can't take a powerful black dude telling them the right thing to do. They can't take it. And I think Triple H recognized what happened and he stopped the bleeding. That's why I gave it my weekly winner. I just didn't explain it like that because we didn't get to this. You see, Mark is talking about speaking up and you have to be very careful about when you speak up, why you speak up and which hill you decide to die on at any given moment. You know, Mark talks about politicking. And when Mark calls me a master politicker, I don't take that as an insult. I take that as a, as a compliment. It I don't is. politic for myself. I don't politic for the Dudleys. There you I go. I politic for the match. And if I am going to politic you personally, and I've told you this story, Dave, you I politic the person. The, I politic the undertaker, but I politicked him to his face. I told him that I was going to politic him. I didn't win, but I told him face to face. See, politicking has the, is a, is a dirty word in pro wrestling. And it's a dirty word because most guys politic in a dirty way. So if I say, "Hey Mark, would you like to take my clothesline tonight? And Mark says, no, I don't want to take your clothesline. Well, instead of me conversating with Mark about it and trying to negotiate the clothesline, I decide to go to the agent and politic Mark. Oh, well, right. you know, Mr. Agent, I'd love to throw a clothesline, but yeah, Mark's really not feeling it tonight. I think it could get it over and blah, blah, blah. See, that's politicking. It, it, bully, but, but there's the thing that you would do and I've worked with you a hundred times that the thing that you would do is you would say, well, why not? And I'll say, well, because, you know, one, I'm a big giant monster. Like, how about this, bully? And then I would suggest, won't you stomp my foot? I throw something at you, hit the ropes, come off and with you duck it and you come off with momentum and then you clothesline me. Now we've we've had a discussion on how to fix and how to put it to where 
he had momentum and his momentum took me down. And what we but did Dave, guys, in that today moment, don't we negotiated don't do a way it. for both guys to look strong. We politics exactly. for the benefit of the match. Of the match. So if you get a kid like AJ, and listen, AJ is a product of Team 3D Academy. So he's a represent representation of me and Devon. Okay. If you go in as a younger guy and you stay or a younger girl and you stand your ground and you stand on your two feet. And even if you make suggestions in the humblest of ways, it still can come off as politicking or you're difficult to deal with, or you got an attitude problem. It's a very, very fine line. It's very thin ice when you come up from the main roster, uh, when you come up from NXT to the main roster, or when you come from the outside in about how you suggest, how you talk, what's your tone like, what's your inflection like. Listen, coming from EC, ECW didn't do me any favors because I was allowed to speak my mind anytime I wanted to in ECW. Then I get to the WWE and I realize, oh, you can't speak your mind like you, you did back then. So, you know, AJ coming from the NFL, you know, we've seen other guys come from the outside world, including Mark Henry, and you learn quick how you have to adjust to the language of the locker room. Well, I mean, I, I would think that what you're saying, both of you are saying, is that at the end of the day, it's what's best for business is why right. you do politic in that way. But uh, excuse the pun, but the game has changed in the WWE. So I want to ask both of you, do you think now the culture and the climate of the WWE has now changed because of Triple H? I think that we are in the infantile stages of the climate changing in the entire company. You cannot take a gazillion dollar company and change it overnight. There are enough things going on creatively that I see where I can, where I know this is Triple H's touch. It's going to take a while. I, I'm going to give it six months. You have to. You have to give it time. And also, all of these people that Hunter is bringing back, we were talking this morning about Karrion Cross and Hit Row. I think the potential and the upside for those two acts are through the roof, especially Karrion Cross, because he was the one that was tampered with the most. The Hit Row that was in NXT is the hit row that we got on the main roster and the same hit row that we got back the other day. They really didn't tamper with hit row. Karrion Cross was fucking butchered, awfully butchered. So here's the thing. When you bring these acts and these talents back immediately, basically what you're saying is I saw a ton of potential in them. I think it was wrong to let them go. I'm bringing them back, but they it better work out. Because if it doesn't work out, then what Vince saw was right. Now, do I think it's going to work out for these two acts? Absolutely. Okay. I am very entertained by Hit Row. Mark, I don't know if you get this, but when I look at B-Fab, I almost get a Stacey Keebler feel from her. Maybe it's just because she's so tall and skinny and the way she looks. But I get that Keebler effect from her, which is a complete compliment. Um, I, with with uh, Hit Row... I, I when I was listening to them do their do their promo on Friday in the ring, like um, 
what what is what what is he? He's got so many names. What is he? Uh, what's uh, what's the top dollar? Name? Yeah, top, top dollar. dollar. Top dollar should talk last because I think his stuff resonates the most. So if you go B Fab and then you go um, Adonis Swerve, Adonis. not. Uh, it's Swerve, right? Adonis. 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 You go B-Fab Adonis, and then you close it out, and they all hit the threes at the end. This is just little tweaking things because I think, uh, uh, listen, Top Dollar is, it, you know. It, he's that. He's the act. You know, I, not that the others aren't, but he's the act. So you got it. You, you, got, you, you build, and, the, and you build to him. They hit their threes, whatever it is. Um, but do you guys agree that if you're going to bring all of these talents back that were let go in Vince's eyes, they better get over. They better work. Otherwise, that, that's one of the reasons you, you said it a couple of years ago. Vince, if he gets behind theory, remember when theory first showed up and they start, I said, Hey man, I, I see him being a star. And then the next week he showed up and Vince was on and you said, hey, they're going to make sure theory works because Vince has his fingerprints on him and now he has to make it work. Same thing. Identical thing, just different person at the helm. And I think creatively and, and Bully, I think you're right. As a whole, you have to give it six months. You got to give it some time. But I'm actually surprised on how many changes we've seen in WWE programming. And, and all of it, to me, very, very positive. The United States Championship, the Intercontinental Championship. Not only uh, Karrion Cross being back and Hit Row being back, but Dakota Kai Dexter being back. Dexter Loomis being back. You know, EO Sky, who's, who by all reports, once her contract, was up she was gone so you're really seeing a lot of that black and gold brand mark now being influenced on that main roster and i think that's a big thing for the fans go ahead dakota kai and eosky have some work to do in the ring it's good that they're back blah 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 but they have some work to do in the ring and i hope that you see uh, what happens to, to a lot of talent is in nxt there's a level of comfort but then when you get to the main roster, you realize, hey, this is the real world of pro wrestling and there's a gun to your head. So I've seen I, I, I've seen Dakota and EO. I've seen their in-ring stuff on the main roster. They have to tighten their screws. I think they can be successful together in their own right, but they got some work to do. Yeah. And, and Bully, to follow that up, the last match that I saw EO do that was really stellar uh, was that match she had with Mercedes Martinez. And it was really good. And I don't know if she was injured or she just they just went away or whatever it would happen. But I want to see them get back to that style of, of match where it's well put together. Sometimes well put together is the deodorant that you need when when stuff don't go right. Because there's every match, something's not going to go right as planned. And when it does, energy, the the story that you're telling can, can really, really uh, put a good look on the match. And I think that some of it is who you work with. But also, because Zoe Stark, I, I, I don't know, I know Dave, I know you stopped watching NXT, but... 
Zoe Stark, I love. Not a great match because of who you work with. And and you gotta we'll we'll get into that later on. But I'm just saying that was as as an example. Sometimes you have to be have a great story to follow because just being good doesn't always get it done. I have said from the first night I saw her, Zoe Stark is going to be a star one day. That girl in the ring is really, really good. But as Mark said, sometimes you get in the ring with somebody. Let's not even say they're really good. Let's just say they're the shits, but you don't have a chemistry with them. And if you don't have chemistry with somebody, it just, it's not going to work out. And if you don't have chemistry, no matter how good you are, sometimes you don't look very good. This is what I talked about with Charlotte. Charlotte has been put in a position where she's in there with women who are not even near her level. Thus, Charlotte starts to take a hit because she can't bring them up to her level. It's just impossible, whether it's her own, their, their athletic ability, their knowledge of the business or psychology, yada, yada. Zoe, you put Zoe in there with women that are better than her. Watch wow. how that woman gets better very, very quickly. And, and to your point, Mark, it's not that I stopped watching NXT. I just never been a fan of the new NXT 2.0 as opposed to the black and gold brand, though that may change. And as far as Zoe Stark, Bully, we're, we're going to start seeing her on the main roster as well. Plus, she has a big match coming up on NXT. This is Jimmy Smith, voice of WWE Monday Night Raw and host of Unlocking the Cage on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. And I'm here to let you know that Unlocking the Cage is now available as a podcast. That's right. You'll get my take on the trending stories in combat sports and interviews with some of the biggest names in the fight game. I'm bringing you shows every weekday. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app free for most subscribers. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Now, Road Dogs, join us. We appreciate you taking the time and coming on today because obviously uh, Mark, myself, and Bully have been talking a lot about the bio, the A&E documentary uh, from last night on DX. And, you know, and even before you came on, me and Bully are arguing about, you know, the greatest factions of all time because these factions and these groups mean so much to us as pro wrestling fans. So my first question from you, and thank you again for giving us an entire hour uh, this morning. Did you know at the time 
that this was going to be something that was going to be talked about 20, 25, 30 years later? No, no, no idea for me personally. Now, look, uh, you know, Hunter always looks at things and, and, and you found out that a little bit with that with that uh, documentary last night, like he looked at things differently than I did for sure. And I think that's, that's not a, uh, a cut down to him. It's actually a compliment because I was looking at things bass backwards um, and still do. Uh, my first instinct is usually wrong, but like he had a bigger vision than, than we did. So maybe he saw it, maybe he saw it out there. I did not. Um, I was hammered and having a blast and, uh, and that that's the truth of it you know what i mean and it was sex drugs and rock and roll and and uh i didn't think it would ever end until it did but yeah so i didn't think it was gonna be i talked with my wife watching that thing last night i said do you realize like the outlaws were formed and then three months later they joined dx and then two years later dx was no more and what a pivotal part like i'm still signing autographs uh how many years later like that's that's miraculous to me you know what i mean that's incredible you know, last night um, when you guys were talking, you, you you spoke very highly of Joni, of China, and how she was like almost the glue that yeah. kept you all, that kept you guys together. And I thought that was very nice of you guys. Um, and in some ways, I can see how that was. But I think you have to look at Hunter as the glue. So let me ask you this, dog. You got caught up in the lifestyle. Kid got caught up in the lifestyle. Billy got caught up in the lifestyle, right? Yeah. What would have happened with DX if Hunter would have gotten it? And Sean was uh, Sean started the lifestyle. Yeah. What would have happened if Hunter would have gotten to that lifestyle too, and 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 went down the same the same roads that you guys did? Yeah. Well, look, I would I would argue that I wouldn't be signing autographs still today because I don't think I would still have been. Uh, close with the company or, or he wouldn't have been as close with the company, uh, to, to keep us all kind of, kind of gathered around. So yeah, I think, I think DX would have been a blip on the radar probably. And, and look, I think it's fair that you say Hunter was the glue. Um, it, I think glue was the wrong word. You know what I mean? Like she, she was a pivotal part and she was so funny and, and people that knew her and spent time with her knew that. And it was, I don't know. It just felt like when we were all together, she did keep us down to earth a little bit. And that, I, I think that's what everybody meant. Um, as far as creatively keeping this, keeping the, the uh, gimmick together, we know, we, you know, we all know and saw last night whose responsibility that was. I just thank God he never went down this road. For you and then Mark as well and Bully, we're all part of that same era, the Attitude Era. And a lot of fans look back at that as probably one of the golden age, if not the golden age, in pro wrestling. And you said what it meant to you as far as where you were able to go as far as, I guess, being a rock star at that time. like. Yeah. There, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say that wrestling was never more mainstream than it was during that time period. You know, you know, on, on the cover of magazines, TV guide, top rated shows, yada, yada. What was it like at that point? What was it like being a public figure at that time? It was uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Be careful what you wish for, because it, it was look, I, I love the adulation and the and the, the you know, the fans and stuff. And that's cool. But I, you literally couldn't go to the mall. You know what I mean? With your family. And that was 
<laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent. That was one of the things I loved to do, especially when I had money. I wanted to go to the mall and window shop and buy whatever I want and just same for my children. You know what I mean? I, I wanted to do all that and it just became impossible because you'd go in a store and you'd look back out and there's 10 people standing at the glass, like looking in. It's, it just makes it uncomfortable. And that's, it's nobody's fault. Um, it's just comes with the territory. And at the time you feel like, hey, get away from me. But, but, but for me personally, at the time, I didn't realize how important the fans were. You know what I mean? I, I, didn't, I didn't realize how important anything was at that time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was difficult, man. It really was. And, 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 you know, I love now I go to the airport and maybe one person will go, Hey, didn't you used to be somebody? Uh, and, and I would go, no, no, not really. Uh, but, but yeah, it was, it got hard. It got hard to be a, to be a rock star. Look, that's what I wanted to be was a rock star. And so I lived the life like it and didn't realize, Oh, I could have lived it like just a, a businessman pro wrestler and maybe, you know what I mean? Be, be good still today, but that's not the that's not the path I chose. You know, dog. Last night, watching the documentary, you learned about how Degeneration X was a brotherhood. You were fraternity. You guys all got along. You were so happy to see each other every week. We were. You guys were all making a ton of money, having a blast. Talk to me about a time that you can remember where you guys didn't get along yeah. or you didn't agree on something creatively and you found yourself at odds and how that worked itself out. Yeah, look, it, it worked itself out by way of a, almost a fist fight between me and Hunter for, for me personally. And that, and that was because of my drug addiction. You know what I mean? He, he confronted me and tried to, it wasn't about creative because look, I can't speak for anybody else. I was high. And I, if I wasn't high, I was trying to get that way. And, and, uh, and, and I look a lot of, somebody said, Billy loves to look good and dog likes to feel good. So, so that's a true statement, uh, in the nineties. So I totally forgot what we were talking about because of my drug addled. We were uh, talking about a point in time when you guys did not yes, get along. Yes, you said you got into a fist fight with Hunter. Yes, thank you. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, look, it was him confronting me about, look, I did the same thing with Undertaker. Uh, about It was more about personal stuff and people trying to legitimately help me. That, that is the only time I ran into issues. And of course, it, that's my defense mechanism. We talked about it earlier. You put me on blast, you scare me, whatever, I, I fight back. You know what I mean? And I, I, I wish I didn't have that. It would probably serve me better. Um, but that's the way I do it. So when Hunter confronted me, I, I fought back and cussed him out and he cussed me and people held us apart. And it was, it was, that's the only time really I ever felt like any of us, we weren't in, any of us uh, disagreed about creative. Billy, myself, and X-Pac, to my knowledge, X-Pac, weren't as in on what all was going on uh, creatively at the time. We just showed up, we were in a cool light, and so why bother? You know what I mean? I, I don't have time to think about my actual career. I'm trying to stay stoned here, you know? Talk about a, talk. look, they said it last night, talk about a, a pathetic existence. Hunter said it about Sean. Like, what, what a pathetic existence. You go out, you you fake wrestle, then you come back and you get so hammered that you almost die and you wake up and do it again. You know what I mean? That's a pathetic existence. And that's the existence that's, that, that uh, four out of the five of us led. You know what I mean? Is that right? Four out of five. I'm not good at math. Call Scott Steiner. See what uh, <laughs> you had a 33rd and a third chance. You to get <laughs> Man, I don't know they if I did answered not your question, get, Bubba, but we didn't, did. we didn't, we didn't, 
argue about creative because creative was in our favor. You know what I mean? And so what are you what are you going to fuss about? Like the, the leader of the band is in there fighting for you and he's in there. So I, I don't want the responsibility like that's I see it totally differently now when I look through clear eyes and, and 25 years of experience. Um, you know, but that's where I was. Hey, dog, let me ask you this. And this might be a hard question. You're the booker. You're the owner. You run the company. You control the checkbook and you got the pencil. Who are you booking on top, the NWO or DX? Well, they would definitely work together for a, for a while. You know what I mean? And, and truth be told, at the time, Scott and Kevin and Hogan were probably bigger stars than all of us. So if it was, you know, it's all conceptual anyway. But but uh, I think we'd work together. I think they'd beat us, and I think they'd work on top. Yeah, maybe we would work. Maybe we would work. Me and out. Me and Billy versus the Outsiders. Maybe Hunter versus Hogan, or so. You know what I mean? Whatever. I think you could. You could uh, do. And Xbox just fights himself uh, because he was in both factions. So what was was that WrestleMania match between Trips and Sting when we got to see the NWO and DX? Was yeah. that like a subliminal nail in the coffin for Vince to say? my creation of D-Generation X was better than Eric's creation of the NWL? So I don't, I, I'm not privy to that kind of inside information. I, I, from what I saw, that was totally Hunter and Sting talking about we need something uh, with this match. And so the, so they literally asked us if we would do it. We thought, heck yeah. And, and I don't think any of us thought about and I'm talking about the people on the ground, boots on the ground. Uh, we didn't think about one-upsmanship or anything. It was just, let's just make these people pop and get to, get to the finish and whatever. And the finish was orchestrated that way because at the moment, it was Hunter Rock again at the next at the next mania, you know what I mean? So they wanted Hunter to be strong, Hunter to stay strong and then work with rock at the, at the next, the next year. And, and two months into that, that fell apart. You know what I mean? And so then, then you'd felt like you put the wrong guy over. Um, however, Interesting. if it was an act, Vince did not act like he knew who sting was or he knew of stings, uh, gravitas. Like he, he said, was he, like he literally asked us, was he over? Is he, is he, you know what I mean? Almost wow. like he didn't. And again, I don't know if it's, if it's a performance or if it's real, but if it was a performance, it, he, he deserves an Oscar. I feel like he didn't, he doesn't watch that. He didn't watch that. He was focused, so laser focused on his stuff, that stuff outside of his bubble doesn't compute. And so he, he literally asked us on several occasions, this guy's gonna get a reaction, right? Like he's gonna, and and we all, Ed Koski, myself, everybody was, hey, this guy was the, the front runner of their show. He was the flagship talent of their show for 20 years, 25 years, you know what I mean? And so again, I think the outcome, I think it was all booking and, and politics that, caused the finish of that of that match and then and then it all fell apart and it felt like oh we got the wrong guy over you know what i mean and that that's my personal opinion you, um, you know what it's it's an amazing answer facts. 
No, it's an amazing answer because I've always had an issue with what took place at WrestleMania 31. And the way you just explained it in a two-minute segment is unbelievable because it really does answer all my questions. So thanks for bringing that to my attention because that always bothers me. And it's crazy to think here we are seven years after that match and Sting is still doing it. I mean, oh, Sting yeah. is still competing at, at in the a, ring. At a higher level than he was then, I think. You know? <laughs> I, absolutely. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The executive producer is Paul Ehrlich. The digital producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andre Viola is the associate producer. Marissa Rivas is the director, sports podcast. Special thanks to Senior Vice President of Sports and Podcast, the legendary Steve Cohen. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.